What's up, ladies and gents, and welcome to another episode of Dual Senses, a PlayStation podcast where we give you our two cents on everything PlayStation. My name is Alex Wolf, joining here with Stephen Thomas Morrow. Hello. Stephen, how you been? How you uh, been? I've been doing all right. Uh, yeah. been how, hanging in there how was the least. drive home? How was the drive home today? I survived. I couldn't yeah. see anything. <laughs> so, like, this is what sucks, okay? So... It was snowing, whatever, that's fine. I can deal with that. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. all the salt gets on the windshield. Oh, yeah. And normally, you know, most functioning adults have a functioning car with a functioning, like, windshield fluid thing and functioning windshield wipers. I don't have that. <laughs> I So I just had all this shit all over my windshield, and I couldn't see anything. And to make matters worse, anytime there was a car with lights, all I would see was the shit on the windshield. (laughs) So I had to find like there was a small line, like like a couple. Oh, where you gotta like look and that's where your eyes. So I was like driving, looking through that stupid little line, and that's how I I made it home. So my neck is a little sore, um, but no no humans were harmed in the process, um, and I made it alive. That's important. Yeah, so ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know, all of a sudden, we live in the Northern Kentucky area, and predictions for snow last night were, it was, you know, light dusting, sun on the ground, nothing crazy, not expected to stick. And it it definitely stuck. So Steve, I had someone who came through today at work, and he's a, he's a city worker, so he does like snow plows, salting, all that good stuff. And um, is there an echo? Is that me? I can't hear any echo. Okay, that's good. You might just be headphones. There we go. Okay. Um, so we um, I'm talking to this guy, and he looks like he's been through hell. And I'm like, so quick question. You guys weren't ready for this at all today, were you? He goes, fuck no. <laughs> like as loud as he could in the lobby. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> and like, so apparently because they thought it was a light dusting, because I don't know if you've noticed, like, the last three times it snowed around here, they've pre-treated the roads at like five o'clock in the afternoon. So like hours before it happens. Yeah. So that didn't happen yesterday. Hence no. why everything's fucked today. So he's like, we were, we were told light dusting. That's it. Come out and you know, fucking Jesus has come out and blown a load all over the goddamn streets. And I'm like, <laughs> he was, God. he was mad. He was not happy that he, well, to be fair, he, they got the call that snow was sticking and it was getting heavy at like three or four in the morning. So this is, he's coming in around like 10, 11 o'clock and he's been up the whole time, totally unexpectedly. <laughs> so he was just totally upset about the whole thing. And I was like, so like, what does that mean? He goes, honestly, since we didn't treat it enough in time, anything we do now is like pretty much worthless. Like we'll put salt on the road, but like snow's on the ground, you know? So we're just plowing and that's gonna suck with cars everywhere. People getting in accidents and shit. So it's gonna back up the snow plows. Something's gonna happen. I'm like. Yeah, and sure enough, that's what happened. It was a it was a damn nightmare. But Stephen, nonetheless, it is a light news week, but we are still here because this, this is Dual Senses, a PlayStation podcast where we give you our two senses on each and on everything PlayStation each and every Friday at 9:30 Eastern. You can join the show via Twitch. You can join the show via YouTube the following day. Or the day after that, you can catch the audio file on Spotify. Be sure to like, comment, share, subscribe. All the things. Turn on the bell to notify you when you do it or whatever that is. 
I don't know. Ring if all the bells. Anybody. Yeah, ring all the bells. Ring all the bells. If you are a fan of this show, feel free to go over to www.mtfproductions.com forward slash donate, where you can donate as little as a dollar, and it helps us get you know more production costs to do all sorts of fancy smancy things. You know what I mean? <sighs> that was a lot. You did good. That was a lot. You know, honestly, I don't ever feel like it is a lot until after it's done. I'm like, Jesus Christ, that is a mouthful. Yeah, but there's and a lot. You have to said. catch your breath. I would see. That's why I just let you do it. Because if I do it, I always fuck up like immediately, and like the first word out of my mouth will be wrong, and then I'm just like stumbling through the whole thing. It's like falling down stairs. You fall down the first stair, you're gonna fall down the rest of them. You know. So I feel like some people can catch themselves after that first step, but that that's just not me. me. Not me. Mm. I cannot mm-hmm. catch myself. What the but, shame. Uh, but yeah, before we get into the like two things of news. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. So first of all, nothing can nothing matters after the the Activision <laughs> Blizzard like acquisition. Like nothing else can top that. Like uh so whatever we talk about now is just gonna seem stupid in comparison. <laughs> you guys might you might as well not watch the show. Just just stop watching. I think we hold on, about hold, hold on. Uh, Until no. something more happens with the Activision Blizzard deal, this show's irrelevant. Just turn it off. Go home. Turn. Don't subscribe. Don't share. Stop. Unclick the bell. No. Break the bell. Even. No, no. We we are still valuable. Um. We still have some interesting things to say. And and this so dual senses, uh, is it, it's not just us covering news. It's also us celebrating our love for PlayStation and giving our two individual subjective uh views and experiences in regards to playstation and we have very different experiences with playstation games you know like uh you like different games than i like um i cry during everything and you don't um so (laughs) (laughs) that's fair fair. so we we have some some valid things that we can we can share um and 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 speaking of crying during things and playing different kinds of games um i i would have talked about this the past couple shows but um we've had a lot of things to talk about but relatively recently um i played and i streamed for those of you who follow on twitch you might have seen it uh, a game called a short hike and have you heard of a short hike yes yes i have you were playing it at my house oh yeah that's right i forgot (laughs) you were here (laughs) The, um, so I love that game, um, and I think it's 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 adorable. It's charming. The writing is nice. It's very simple. It's accessible. There's no fail state, uh, but it's a game where you play as a bird, literally a bird, called Claire, and Claire um, goes for a short hike on a mountain, and that's that's basically the premise. But there's like little like side quests and things. It's a mini open world, um, and it is chock full of uh, funny characters and, and nice little little secrets and stuff. But what I wasn't expecting, so I've heard great things about this game. I knew that it was short, uh, which I enjoyed shorter games. I knew that it was like chill and relaxing. Um, so, uh, sorry, you swirling the alcohol. It was just like, oh, I'm, I'm revenge. Oh, it's not a drink, it's a beverage. You got Meanwhile, nice I have beverage. this fucking showed water bottle <laughs> look at this thing it's this tiny water bottle what are, you, what are you packing your lunch for work tomorrow what is this <laughs> no i got it i got it for free 
This is this was my. <laughs> it was a gift. Anyway, yeah, it's just a comparison. I think it's funny. You got like you water. Yes. What a cheap bastard. There's nothing more kind than the gift of hydration. I don't know. Anyways, um, so I I got a short hike because it was on sale and I had heard wonderful things that it was a nice chill game um, and that it was very cute. And I was like, yeah, I need this. I played it after getting home from vacation uh, just as like a way to sort of relax and get back after into... a long hike. A long yeah, trek. A very long hike. Uh, but what I wasn't expecting was for this game to hit me emotionally and this always fucking happened, so I should have expected it. <laughs> but uh, it like came out of nowhere. And I don't want to spoil it or anything, but um, I started crying, and I was streaming the game. Uh, and I don't have a PlayStation 5 camera yet. Um, so you cried on stream? Yeah, that my first time crying on stream, <laughs> which I would have thought that it would have happened already. But Yeah, but that no. is impressive for you. So this was my first time crying on stream, and... I didn't have a camera, so people couldn't see me. They could just hear me <laughs> <laughs> sobbing. <laughs> and like for the most part, this game is like very chill, and I wanted it to be a nice, relaxing experience. Like Wait the title was literally like, "You have a PS4 what? camera, right?" I don't have the adapter. Oh, I thought you got the adapter. No, I never got the adapter. Oh, yeah. Sorry. That's uh, fine. Continue. But anyways. So the emotional thing happened, and then I just have, like, the microphone on the dual sense, And so you just start to hear, like, sniffling. <laughs> and so, like, the music is, like, swelling, and then you just hear... And then I'm just like, oh, no! <laughs> and you just hear, like, like quiet sobbing. It was a very quiet playthrough, because this is supposed to be a very chill game. And I want it to be, like, you know, minimal commentary. chill game. And so after you get to the top of this mountain, then you go back down the mountain. And so the entire hike back down the mountain, I'm just quietly sobbing into the microphone. <laughs> and what what sucks is, and maybe this is fine, but I had I tweeted about the stream and I had actually tagged the developers. And oh, so no. <laughs> this very quiet, awkward ass stream where I'm just sobbing. While going down the mountain. And, and this game looks cute, okay? It looks like it takes place in the world of Animal Crossing. There's like adorable little It's a, it's a derpy little characters. Thing. Yeah. And then it just... Just imagine that. And very nice, like, upbeat music. And then quiet sobs. <laughs> <laughs> to the point where I don't know if people knew that it was me or whether or not it was part of the game. Part of the end. <laughs> yeah, so just every now and then, there would just be like like a, a nice little scene or a funny little character and I'm just like ooh, ooh, ooh. real bad uh, but the game is great highly recommend it especially if you like um, like just nice chill games uh, it was only like I think an hour and a half two hours worth of game uh, there platinum there is a platinum and I did platinum it uh, that's why I was playing it at your place because I wanted to get trophies oh, uh, fuck, of course but it's about like a four-hour platinum, so yeah, two yeah. hours to beat the game, and then uh, nothing is missable. You can just continue where you left off. There's like how collectibles and things. Uh, I don't know how much it normally is, but I got it on sale. I think it was only like three or four dollars. 
if someone in the chat could look up the price of a short hike, that that's the platinum of the week, ladies and there, ladies and gents. Ladies and there. It is. I, I don't know why I just like stumbled, but ladies and gents, the, a short hike. That's that's the platinum of the week. That's the, the, look the up PlayStation app, quick and easy plat. Not that PlayStation app. It's important. Oh, did you see that? Okay, this is a little bit of news that I forgot about until just now. Uh, well, the PlayStation we, app. We is... have other news. We'll, we'll 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 add it onto the news when we get to the news. Okay. All right. And we got um, a flow, Stephen. You're fucking up. The, you're fucking up the flow. It was you just relevant. Put a dam in the river. You put a dam in the river. It's not. It's not showing me the price because I already bought it. <laughs> oh. It's one of those okay. things. So. I, I yeah, I don't quite understand why that's a thing, but here I'll I'll pull it up. It's probably but, like uh, that's good. Eight bucks, probably ten dollars most reason. A short, a shirt, a short hike, a shit, a shirt. I, I said shirt, but that's fine too. Seven ninety nine. Seven okay, eight bucks. Yeah, so it was half yeah. off. Yeah, ain't bad. Not bad. A short hike. Platinum of the week. Um, Is that a thing that we're doing now? Platinum of the week? Yeah, fuck it. Why not? I mean, yeah, fuck it. Why not? Because you know I will try to get a platinum every week. I can't wait to see you pull what's left of your hair trying to get a platinum every week for just for the sake of the show. I am this close to getting the platinum in ukulele and the impossible air. <laughs> By playing in the not-so-impossible air and getting your ass handed to you? It's a hard layer so the best the best thing about that was like every time someone walked in and saw that you like it's very very hard immediately someone would walk in and go but you're in the not so impossible layer like <laughs> unintentionally <laughs> fucking shitting on you every time and it was just it was so good every time so for people who don't know ukulele in the impossible layer is sort of uh the spiritual successor to like donkey kong country those kinds of like um like 2.5D side scrollers or 2D side scrollers. Um, I don't know if I that kind of style. Successor, but like, because like, yeah, I mean, it's Kong the same developers. So it's the old tropical freeze. Um, it's it's made by uh, Platonics, which is comprised of old rare developers. Um, so they made games like Banjo Kazooie, and Ukulele was a spiritual successor to Banjo Kazooie, and then Ukulele and the Impossible Air is a spiritual successor to. Uh, Donkey Kong Country. So uh, that kind of style. An actual sequel to that. That kind of style. Uh, but it's like, it's it's a good old-fashioned challenging platforming game, like side-scrolling platforming game. And it does get kind of difficult. So the whole gimmick for the Ukulele and the Impossible Lair is right from the beginning you can play the the boss fight. Like right from the beginning. And it's just the impossible layer. There's like boss phases, but in between the boss phases, there's like platforming levels. And there's four phases of this. So there's four whole platforming levels. It's a whole thing. It's like running a gauntlet. Um, but it's very difficult. And so you're probably going to fail. And you can play other levels. It's sort of like a weird open world where you play these levels. And each time you complete a level, you basically get one more try in the dungeon like if you get hit then you lose like part of your shield basically and then you can keep going they're bees yeah they're bees it's a bee shield um so uh and like the the main boss his name is capital b 
which I, I enjoy. They're, they're a cheeky developer. They're, they have a lot of puns and stuff in their game and like little double entendres. But anyways, uh, so it's really hard. And a lot of people were complaining because the game was very, very challenging. And originally when the game launched, you couldn't, there, there were no checkpoints at all in the Impossible Dungeon. You had to do it all in one go. And this is like a, like a 30, 45 minute gauntlet. And if you die, you had to restart the whole thing. Uh, so a lot of people were complaining, so they updated it, and they made it so that there's checkpoints. So now for each phase of the boss fight, there are four checkpoints, and it saves your like highest level of shield that you've gotten at that point. So that's the not-so-impossible layer. But it's still the same impossible layer, and you still get the Platinum Trophy if you do it that way. Um, and that's the last trophy that I need in the game, and it's very difficult. You can't do it. I'm going to, though. You can't do it. But who who knows? Maybe that's going to be the, the next Platinum of the Week. Who knows? Steven, we've, this is actually a double hitter, uh, as I, too, have platinumed a game in the last oh. week. I platinumed Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart. That's right. Five. Congratulations. My first Platinum Trophy of the Year. It's my first Platinum in a while, thinking about it. Um, so I've been dying to play this game. And I got it as a gift for my birthday. Uh, so I just, I say it's my last first platinum in a while, but I platinum Guardians of the Galaxy. That was the last thing I did, which wasn't too long ago. Yeah. Um, and I started playing Ratchet and Clank. And tell you what, I love the Ratchet and Clank series. And I always think they push hardware or do a good job, I guess, of demonstrating what hardware can do early out the gate. So they always look good. They always play very smoothly. Um, they always incorporate whatever specific features are there. So this one makes great use of the dual sense, especially with the uh, the haptic triggers. Oh my god, the, the the multifunction weapons with the haptic triggers. I was not expecting. I love it. At first, I was a little off put, but as I got to use it, I'm like ah, okay, okay, okay. And not all weapons used it, but majority, especially the newer ones, did. Um, I actually got. I had the opposite response to it. Like at first, I loved it, and then mm -hmm. as I played it, I started to get like finger fatigue. I was just like, I can't push the thing because I would have to do the second function. Oh yeah, and so uh, I am um, one. That is probably my favorite Ratchet and Clank story. Really, I feel yeah. I think it deals a lot with. I mean, the Ratchet and Clank games have always had some kind of underlying adult theme to it, but I think this just does a really good job of talking about grief and acceptance and fear of acceptance and it, i think it did so extremely well and it wasn't like beating you over the head with it in a sense it was very just confined short sweet great gameplay story i was like okay i i enjoy that i love that so much um i agree with you i did get some finger fatigue but at the same time i think that's a general complaint i have with the dual sense controller I don't think it's as ergonomic as the Dual Shock 4 was, personally. If I had the option to do all the Dual Sense things with a Dual Shock 4, I'd pick up a Dual Shock 4 any day of the week. It's just so much com more comfortable to hold. I don't know if it's because I've had like small hands or something. I feel like my hands are pretty accurately precise. I just feel like the Dual Sense is a big controller, um, personally. But I, I loved every minute of it. The game was beautiful. I don't. Going through it and seeing all the accolades this game got, and some aspects 
I agree, and others I don't. Going back and looking at it, like, did this game need to be a game of the year contender? Mm, I don't think it did anything extraordinary by any means. Not saying it's a bad game, but I feel like there were other games that did things better that really pushed the envelope. I think the Ratchet and Clank games come out, and they again, they demonstrate what hardware can do, and they do so flawlessly, but they aren't pushing any boundaries, I would say, from what I've seen. Um, in any of their games at all, which is fine. I feel like Insomniac saves that for other titles, much like Spider-Man or, uh, hell, even Sunset Overdrive did a lot with just how much fun it was to traverse and how fluid the game was and just the amount of stuff you could do in just a few seconds. For the Ratchet and Clank games, they've got a formula that's been down and has been down since 2002 with the original. And they just continually improve on it. So it's not pushing the envelope. They just take, oh, we can now do this thing we couldn't do a year before. Which is, again, not a dig. But I think that needs to be kind of a conversation when it comes well, to the, the point where you know what you're getting with the rest yes. of the game. Like, yeah. it's not, nothing's going to, at least, so uh, with Rift Apart, like, nothing really surprised me or blew me away. Mm -hmm. uh, which is unfortunate because like I genuinely was surprised and blown away with like future tools of destruction, which was the yes. first PS3 one. That mm -hmm. was like a big leap going from PS2 to PS3. That was massive, extremely impressive. Such a, um, it was a big, big jump. And then like going from that to a crack in time, like a crack in time really opened up. It was innovating on gameplay with like the, the sort of super Mario galaxy <laughs> inspired uh planets with like the three-dimensional levels that you would go around in the sphere mm -hmm. and flying in space you would actually have like spaceship levels with like space yeah. fights like why hasn't that come back that was literally the best space traversal i think i played in anything uh honestly like i think a crack in time it, and it had a, a really awesome story full of like twists and turns and mm -hmm. uh it was really intense i actually didn't hate the clank levels in that game uh because they had the interesting like puzzles and stuff and with rift apart i felt like it just got kind of tedious um but i personally i think crack in time is still the the pinnacle of the series in my opinion um but with rift apart there were some like interesting technical things like Ratchet and Clank has never looked as good as it does now mm -hmm. uh, with the ray tracing and just the amount of detail with the, the high-res textures um, and the SSD like quick loading with the dimension hopping is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, it just didn't happen as much as I would have liked it to happen. Or at like, least not, no. It, it was used in a sense typically like, oh, you can use it in battle or like obvious platforming stuff. It was never used in crazy unexpected ways i should say yeah like Good they're one. the intro to the game was awesome oh yeah yeah, yeah like yeah. that was it was an amazing set piece um and it was it was really impressive and then the game just never really hit that high again uh which was a little bit disappointing uh because like that's kind of why I like big technical showpieces is to have like These the wow moments of wow. Yeah. Yeah. But they kind of blew their load immediately and then they never got it back up again. Um, but 
I didn't mean for that to sound sexual, but like I guess if joke. you start with blow your load immediately, then yeah, it's a dick joke. Yeah, but I didn't even really mean for that. But anyways, you did. Uh, it's still a fun game though, and I still recommend it. Um, but yeah, I don't think it necessarily deserved to be part of the game of the year conversation. Yeah, action adventure platformer. Yes, game of the year. Nah, at least for us. Yeah, I still. I need to play Returnal because I wonder if Returnal should have been a part of that conversation. <laughs> I I feel like Returnal will be, would be in the same boat. Like the game does what it says it's going to do, and that's it. Which is fine. Again, not not a bad thing. Just it's meeting the minimum expectations. It's meeting the expectations of who it's of what it's going to do. It's not doing that and then excelling. That's what I expect Returnal to be doing. I, I want to find out for myself because that one's a little bit. That's unique. fair. That's a divisive one. I feel like. Yeah. Uh, any user, Stephen. We while there's not a lot of news, we've got some news. All right, let's just kick it off. It's a new month coming on the horizon, which means new games coming out for PlayStation Plus. Um, next month, new games means new controversy. <laughs> I don't know if I'd say controversy. This well, is pretty I mean, straightforward, but. Well, well, I'll I'll dive into it when we when we get to it. All right, uh, we've got EA Sports UFC Four for the PlayStation Four, otherwise got, known as the Sexy Man Simulator. We have Tiny Tina's Assault on Dragon Keep, a one-shot adventure for PlayStation Four, and Planet Coaster Console Edition for PlayStation Five. I'm excited for Planet Coaster. So I'm, I don't understand what PlayStation's trying to do. I'm sure this is like a, a cost thing. Like they got to make the right deal to the right people. Like it's got to be money for it. The last month was really cool in the sense that everything was available for everything that game was available on. So Persona 5 Strikers on PS4, Dirt 5 on PS4 and PS5. And then what was the other title? Um, uh, Deep Rock Galactic. There we go. Yeah, I can never also, remember the name. I'm I'm just yeah. like dwarves in space. <laughs> also, on PS4 and PS5, I thought we had gotten over the hump where we were restricting certain games only being PS5 versions or only PS4 versions. But here we are with Planet Coaster being exclusively the PS5 version, and I just don't. I can understand the benefit. It's like, hey, well, we're rewarding the people that got a PS5. And sure, again, consoles sold millions and millions of consoles, but it is still very much known to be hard to get. So I don't know if it's rewarding at this point because it's not like people are choosing not to buy the damn console. It is if they're ha if they have the funds and they're ready to go do get one, they can't. So I don't know. It, it feels I don't like it personally, even as someone that owns both a PS4 and a PS5. I don't like that. That option's just restricted just because. Yeah, and it's like were it's one of those pay, things where it's like, why wouldn't you just make it available on all? Yeah, the like what is it hurting? And like, then, like, if anything ever has like some kind of a, a a weird upgrade thing in the future, then you always end up with that weird situation where it's like, oh well, the PlayStation Plus version isn't eligible, and it's like, why? Like, why are they just making it complicated and annoying? Because like mm -hmm. any time that people run into a weird stipulation, then it just leaves a bad taste in their mouth. And then they're like, yeah. oh, well, this is shitty. Like, 
you're giving me a thing, but the way that it's presented feels like you're not giving someone a thing. You're actually taking something away. Even though I understand you're still getting a game for free, the way that it's presented again, it just it paints it in an entirely different way. And it's just bad yeah. marketing, really. So yeah, like, I don't why understand not? why they wouldn't just... Just if you get a game, why does it matter what you play it on? Just get the game. Yeah. Like if it, it's not like here. The point is to make it so it's playable for people to like. They're they pay sixty dollars a year for this membership, um, for online play and other benefits. But what? What is it? They've given out way more games for way higher dollar amounts for free. Yeah. So this can't be a thing where it's hurting their pocket. I, again, I imagine there's some legalities where they're like they sign an agreement with these certain publishers, like, "Hey, well, sorry, like we'll give you the PS5 version for free, but like we need to make some kind of money off of the actual revenue of the sale of the game, so like we want to make this person this version to purchase." Yeah. Um, that's the only thing, only thing I can think of as to why it's the way it is, and it just happened to be that Dirt Five Codemaster was like, "No, fuck it, just give it away. Like, just if we're giving one version of the game away, it makes no sense for us to not give the other." Um, which is the smart way, I think, in the favor in the consumer friendly way, in my opinion. But yeah, and it lets people like me, if I so choose, to double dip on trophies, because <laughs> then you can get the yeah, PS4 true. list and the PS5 list, and that's it's just nice. And most people, I imagine, uh, most people who care about trophies are PlayStation Plus subscribers. Oh, um, for sure. So you know, it's just it's it's something nice that I think would mean a lot to the community to the community but that's not the only weird little bit of controversy with the playstation plus titles um so if you remember not last month but the month before we were given godfall but it was the um legacy well, edition or something called. like that yeah the challenger was, edition there we go the challenger edition so it wasn't the full game it was mm -hmm. just the end game content and people were upset about that uh because they felt like they were missing out on content and it's the same thing where, again, the way that it's presented, even if nobody really cares about the story for Godfall, um, not having it there is just kind of, like, shitty. Like, why wouldn't you just include it? Um, so then, fast forward to now, uh, we have this Tiny Tina game, uh, which it is a standalone thing. Mm -hmm, it's its own mm -hmm. story. Um, but... It was released as DLC for Borderlands 2, what, like eight years ago, ten years ago? It was a little while ago. What? Tiny Tina's Wonderlands? This isn't the new Tiny Tina's Wonderland. This no, is the it's a one-shot that leads into it. This isn't DLC. No. You're... It was the DLC. Yeah. Look into it. See what it is. Because Tiny Tina has DLC for every Borderlands game out there. This is the... It, it, it's like a story thing. That was an add-on for Borderlands 2 that they released as a standalone and they brought it to PS4 because I think Borderlands 2 is playable on PS4. Yeah, it was part of the Handsome Collection. Yeah, the one-shot adventure. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Yeah, it was originally uh, in Borderlands 2's Season Pass. And they released it as its own standalone thing because it leads into 
the new Tiny Tina game that's coming out. Okay, so what's the controversy behind this? It's ten bucks. Uh, so the reason the reason why some people are upset is because it's being pegged as oh you're getting this free game, yet it's DLC that released eight ten years ago with Borderlands Two. But it's another example of uh, it just feels like people aren't getting a full game experience, and that coupled with Godfall being the Challenger Edition. It's another one of those things where it's like, we just want a full game, a big thing. Yeah. And uh, it, it, it just, it's, it's one of those things where it just doesn't feel as nice. And I know that this is just a lead up for the new Tiny Tina game. It's to promote that, whatever. So they probably made some kind of deal with the, the publisher uh, to release this to promote the upcoming one. But like, this is, this is an old thing that's been around for a while. Okay. And some people are upset about it. Also, if you ever got the what was it, the handsome collection or whatever? Yeah, on the PS4. It was included in that as well. Like it was just part of that. Well, I mean, okay, so I don't know if I'd call this controversial as opposed to people being picky. Cause it so I mean one, it by itself is ten dollars. this game is very much catered to a different audience for those who want the more medieval feel but with a Borderlands game instead of... So I think this giving people an idea as to what they're getting into, like, hey, 10 bucks and get an idea of what the game is, is fine. And then them giving it for free is just another, like, especially if you missed out on getting the Handsome Collection for any reason. Because remember, the Handsome Collection took forever to become a free PS Plus title, too. And for the longest time, it was still $60. Granted, there's a lot of fucking content in there. It was still 60 bucks. So this is just another way to like, hey, because like, for instance, I own the Handsome Collection. I bought it physically, traded it in when it became free on PlayStation Plus, and I've kept it since then. But I still haven't gone back to touch Borderlands, but I am intrigued by Tiny Tina's Assault. So this gives me a way of like, I don't have to play Borderlands 2 because you had to finish the mainline story in Borderlands 2 to play this. I don't have to do that anymore. Like this seems more like a, hey, here you go, like, Especially if you missed out Borderlands 2, again, you're right, is an older game. That game launched on PS3 and 360 and PC way back in the day. So I think as this bringing attention to DLC, and at the most they're charging $10, I think that's fine. I think comparing it to the Godfall thing, Godfall's big problem was, one, the campaign wasn't shit. No one, like, it, that game was never about the campaign. So the fact that we didn't get the campaign for free it was just weird because it's like no one's caring about that. I personally, again, didn't necessarily care about that because the meat of Godfall is not the campaign. While it did feel weird, they didn't give, like, God, it is such a small part of the game. So that's where it felt weird that we didn't get that for free. Cause, but at the same time, it's like, who am I can complain to get the bulk of what that game actually is for free without having to pay for it? You know what I mean? So I don't know. I, I have to disagree with that there's any controversy outside of people are just complaining. I mean, as consumers, though, I think it's it, it's our right to critique these subscription models because um, at the end of the day, yeah. PlayStation Plus is essentially, I see it as marketing. Uh, so they want the online base. PlayStation Plus started as a way to get free games with the game library uh, mm -hmm. before we even had to subscribe to, to play games online on PS3. Mm -hmm. um, so the free games is kind of like the legacy or the, the lineage of PlayStation Plus. So that's like the main thing, in my opinion. 
Um, most people probably now only subscribe to PlayStation Plus because it's required to play online. So mm-hmm. now the, uh, I guess, branding of it is this is the added bonus. Um, this is nice for the hardcore fans who know to, to download the games. Um, but also, like, it's it's just to, to sweeten the deal, essentially. And uh, it's just weird that, like, anytime that there's something that doesn't feel like it's worth being there, um, like the Godfall thing and like the Tiny Tina DLC thing. It's like, it just it just feels bad and it, it doesn't feel like it's as much of a value. And like, why would you, like, why not just fire on all cylinders? And I know, sure, money, whatever, but like, there are other decisions that can be made, like making it so that all versions of a game, whether it's PS4 or mm-hmm. PS5, are available. Or something like, if you're giving away Godfall anyways, give away Godfall. Like, just give away all of it. Just make it the, the full game. Like, why did... Because no one's going to fucking buy Godfall anyways. <laughs> like, <laughs> nobody's going to buy it. So just yeah. give it all away. It's fine. And then that way the developers get something for every download. Um, or at least lump sum because you paid them enough to be able to download it for free. Yeah, it's so. just like, like, why wouldn't you do that? And the only reasons I can think of is like it's either a lack of of forethought you know uh, a, a, a lack of understanding that this is how people are going to react um, or uh, it's just probably something that they, they don't think is even worth putting the time and attention into um, it's like a throwaway thing um, and both of those are bad like no matter how you slice it um, it's just bad. And I understand not every game is going to appeal to every gamer, but uh, like I mean, last month was amazing. And to be fair, it well, you're right. And I think there's a balance there. I think there's just there's a strategy there when it comes to what we get for free. Well, the I weird, think- the weird uh, unbalance of quality is what's strange. Like, how can we have like an amazing month and then go to like a kind of well? Like, and so here, this is where I kind of get into it. It's so. I think PlayStation Plus started off, you're right. It was a way to get free games out there. And then if you paid $50 a year, because that was the pricing back then, you didn't have to use it for online multiplayer, but you got discounts on games, access early access to betas and things of that nature, free uh, exclusive content, free themes. Um, and then I think they you threw had Core the, in there too. Do you remember Core? Yeah, I remember Core. Digital Magazine. And then you got um, what was at the, at the time called the Instant Game Collection. So you had a preset of games that were available year-round, but a couple of them would change out monthly. Now, because they have to charge for online service management, you know, now the price is up to 60. It's what gets you your online play, but they still give you those games for free. I think that is a way of, say there's a lot of people out there who still don't play online. So it's like, why did, should they buy PlayStation Plus? Well, here you go. Here's at least one of these games you're going to get this month is free for you to play by yourself each and every time. So I think it's one, a money saver for those trying to play games in a budget, doing what Game Pass was doing before Game Pass was a thing. Um, But I think they look at it as, so if you think about the games that came out last month, Deep Rock Galactic, Dirt 5, Persona 5 Strikers, all of those games you can put massive amounts of time in, especially Dirt 5. So when you put out, new enough the next month it's like do you really want to put in a game that's going to suck away 
a massive amount of time or be this big commitment when you've got people who may not play it because they're still putting 80 hours into it, into the game from last month. I don't think that's at all what they're I, I mean, about. I, 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 think I, it's, it's I think it's a conversation. Happened. I think it's a conversation that happens. I, I think it'd be... I don't think PlayStation at all to. is thinking about how many hours people are putting into the games that they release. Well, not to the hours necessarily, the hours, but they're thinking about like, hey, we just put out this thing. Like, we just spent a bunch of money this month on this stuff, and people are still playing those games more than likely because they are linked to your games. Let's shell out a little bit less money because you got to think they always hit the ground running every January with PlayStation Plus, and have been since the PS4 launch. That that is damn near fact. Like every time New Year rolls around and PlayStation Plus happens, I'm excited as fuck for January every year because it's always something big. There's always quality. So I think they kind of ease up off the gas pedal a bit because like, hey, we just did, we gave away a good chunk of money last month. Let's kind of rein it in a bit this month, still throw some stuff out there and let's go there. Cause I mean, even then EA Sports UFC 4 is still a big game. Like that's still, that's a quality game people still play and has an active player base. I mean, I still think that the games, the games this month are quality. I don't have any personal qualms with it. Yeah. It's just some people are upset that that one of them is just DLC that's been included in a PlayStation Plus game in the past, and it's DLC for a game that released on, was, yeah, on two generations ago. Yeah. Um. So you know that's that's the issue that people are having with with this month. But I think I don't think PlayStation necessarily cares about. Um, the 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 way that people are playing these PlayStation Plus games or the the hours they put into it, it's all marketing and it's all about the bottom line. And the reason why January is so strong, um, and also if you if you've noticed, June is also pretty strong. Mm-hmm. Um, January and June are the two months to always look out for to look forward to for PlayStation Plus. The reason why is because PlayStation Plus is sold in twelve month and three month increments. And so uh, <clears throat> they want to have really banger quality titles when people are renewing their subscription to encourage them to get those subscriptions. It's all to sell things. It has nothing to do with the games or how much money they're spending on the games. They're not paying... Now, I, I reckon this is an assumption, but it's an assumption based off of what other people have said. I don't think that they pay like a lump sum to have a game on PlayStation Plus. I think it's a payment per download and it's probably a fraction of what they would normally get but it's to to boost a game that maybe may not be getting as many sales as they would think or to help promote a game that's coming out so again marketing or um as a way for developers to make money so they, well, they make I, guess, I didn't think it was the only factor but i think it is a factor it, it is a part of the conversation but but I'm, I'm just saying I don't think that that's a conversation that they're having. And I think that's why we see very strong Januaries. That's why we see very strong Junes. And that's because people are getting 12-month and 6-month subscriptions. And to a lesser extent, but every 3 months as well. So the in-between 3 months are um, a bit stronger. And then in-between those ones, we get you know, the, the not well, so, so I mean, ones. it could also be an argument of the timing of it as well. January is a big month because people may have just gotten new consoles after the holidays and they want to sell so the PlayStation they want plus to sell the plus so you put that on there as well another big factor also being june typically was e3 summer of games that's the kickoff point 
So you put that out there because it's like, hey, fuck yeah, video games, have these awesome giveaways, you know, kind of deal. Um, and something else I can put out there to the detractors, let's look historically against what we get typically on PlayStation Plus and have been for years compared to what we may receive with games with gold. Just go back there and look at look at that and then really ask yourself, can we complain? And I'll leave it at that. Keep in mind, though, they started as different products. Yeah. Because Xbox Live was strictly about playing online, access to online. Mm -hmm. And PlayStation Plus was all about getting the games. So, like, Games with Gold came about just because they needed something so that it wasn't uh, compared unfavorably to PlayStation Plus once they mm -hmm. added the online pay membership. Yeah. And it was just included in. So that mm -hmm. made Microsoft look bad, and they were like, oh, well, now we have to give away free games. Um, and then I think, honestly, as a response to the quality of PlayStation Plus um, and a number of other things, Game Pass is now the thing that PlayStation is and, and their services are being compared to. And so now the ball is in PlayStation's court for them to respond to that. And yeah. so, I mean, a big thing that I'm really curious about is and we talked about this in previous episodes, um, this Project Spartacus, whatever this whole revamp of PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now is, um, I'm curious how this is going to affect our free games every month. I'm wondering if this is going to have any change in the quality uh, because, I mean, say what you want about Game Pass being a great deal. Yeah, there's a, a quantity idea there, mm -hmm. but... I still think that the library of games that I got from PlayStation Plus are games that I'd rather play over the entire library of Game Pass. So I think personally, I uh, think like, what happens with Game Pass is everyone forgets a lot about the different perks you get with it. So everyone's like, oh, you get a strict Xbox library. So if you pay for Xbox, if you pay for Game Pass Ultimate, which if you're paying for Game Pass, pay for Ultimate. There's no reason not to. It takes care of your Xbox Live Gold subscription, but it also gets you EA access. So all the games in the A access fault, which again, quality titles, because you're getting games while they haven't, you're not getting brand new games, but you're getting games that are quality. So like, for instance, eventually Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order will be on there after it hits a certain time frame. It's guaranteed. It's how it works. Same thing with their sports titles. Same things again, like Titanfall 2. Another big benefit of having Game Pass, and a lot of people forget this, is when it's very much like Netflix. Those games don't stay there forever. They rotate out after a period of time. But once they're on their way out, if you wanted to purchase that game, because like, you just started it late and it's coming off, and it's been there for months, you can buy that same game for 20% off. So that is also a quality there. It's like you're paying. like That subscription covers you one way or another. I think that's often forgotten about is that 20% off discount. Because that's, that's a big fucking deal, depending on what game you're buying after what you're playing. I mean, yeah, but uh, the comparison can still be made to to PlayStation Plus, where yeah. you get you get the discounts and stuff. And anytime there's a sale on the PlayStation Store, almost all of the games have an additional discount with PlayStation Plus. And I mean, that's why I got a short hike for fifty percent off. But even Xbox uh, does it with their with their deals with Gold ads. Yeah, they change out weekly. But I'm just saying that Xbox isn't necessarily doing anything remarkable there in terms of the discount. Um, no, but still. I still think 
the PlayStation Plus library that I've received, and this is just me personally, mm-hmm. uh, but all of the games that I've gotten with PlayStation Plus, which includes some EA games, um, yeah. I would rather play those than what's on Game Pass right now. That's uh, the only, really the only game that I'm jealous of, I think, right now is just Banjo-Kazooie and Banjo-Tooie. I wrap That's them right. all up together. To be fair, for a while, they had all of the Yakuza games on there, too. But those recently came off. Um, yeah. But they had those on. But they have a lot like in Game Pass. Like, looking back at it, like, Scarlet Nexus, that's why I'll play it. I own Dragon Ball Fighters on the PS4. But if I didn't, Game Pass now has that, which is awesome. If I was ever going to hop into the Yakuza games on a whim, it would have been that way. Uh, it's how I play all of my Xbox exclusives is through that. So I think PlayStation's got... Like, you're right. There's a lot of games on there. I still end up playing a lot more PlayStation games myself. And I do prefer, like, I do wish I would have gotten Scarlet Nexus for free itself on that as opposed to on Game Pass. But I think there's still a good value there. I think PlayStation is a run for their money. If they, Again, they have to nail Spartacus. They have to. That is a, a fact. They cannot fumble that in any aspect. Uh, I'm so but- excited for it. If they fuck this up... <laughs> It's gonna. I honestly, if they fuck this up, this is the end of the this generation. Like Xbox wins. Uh, honestly, uh, you think so? And I, I think in terms of like the zeitgeist and the way the gamers are going to talk about this, mm-hmm. um, it, it'll be. I, I think it'll be essentially the same thing as when Xbox One was announced. Um, that that is infamous. Yeah. That was an, an infamously bad moment. Mm-hmm. And people still talk about it. And they talk about how shitty it was. And the only reason why Xbox looks so good now with their current generation is because they looked so shitty last generation. Um, and I think if, if PlayStation announces Spartacus and it's dead on arrival and it's some garbage bullshit thing, then they're going to be a laughingstock. They're going to be memed to death. Um, the internet will make fun of them. And they will become the underdog for the rest of this generation. And I, I really think Spartacus is so important because all of the conversation for this generation uh, mm-hmm. has been very pro Xbox. Like gamers love what Xbox is doing in terms of services. They've been very cheeky about it. They've been putting like, I mean, Phil Spencer changed um, his Twitter icon to Crash Bandicoot. I think that was Phil Spencer, wasn't it? Um, I believe so. But he changes his Twitter icon pretty frequently, depending on what. Yeah, but he changed it to Crash Bandicoot after the uh, Activision Blizzard uh, acquisition, and well, that's yeah. He changes it to whatever it is at the time. I'm just saying, like, like, they're about. being cheeky. <laughs> they're speaking to their audience, and that's that's the kind of energy that we haven't seen from PlayStation uh, this generation. Not as yeah. much. PS4, that was that was them. Um, that's how you know that that someone's feeling good about what they're doing is how cheeky they get and how how much they rub it in their faces and i think that if playstation is going to come back into that uh they have to come out swinging with spartacus and if they don't gamers are gonna let them know how much they don't like it if and that can spartacus, get kind of kind of intense but if spartacus still keeps playstation plus itself as like baseline personally i think they'll be okay because we're still seeing a lot of like people are like even after the Activision Blizzard thing, it's like yeah okay that's fine I'm still gonna play my PlayStation. We're still seeing analysts say PlayStation fives will outsell Xbox consoles two to one for the next year. 
Um, so I think you'll see an uptick. I just, I think Xbox still has some ground to make up, even with Game Pass and the services and the content. I still think there's some ground to make up there to get to where PlayStation has been for more than five years after the success of the PS4. I just uh, think when it, um, when it comes to the long game, mm-hmm. Microsoft has the mind share right now. They're in the zeitgeist. They're in like high favor when it comes mm-hmm. to gamers. Um, like they're they're really they they have the mind share, and the new currency, at least especially when it comes to long term, uh, when it comes to branding, the the most valuable currency is attention, and the eyes are on Microsoft because they're doing everything right right now. Like they're doing. A bang up job. Uh, PlayStation is kind of losing some ground in that. Now, I mean, they were like hella ahead. So, you know, losing some ground is not the worst thing. But if this keeps up by the end of this generation, you know, we, we could see Microsoft in the lead. Uh, but um, as of right now, the only thing really in the pipeline that I think could, could dramatically change that is spartacus oh yeah uh yeah if there's anything is there's out after what happened with activision blizzard uh being acquired the biggest thing that can happen now is industry-wide would be playstation's announcement of whatever spartacus is that's it i'm Nothing just else what if it's changes. so bad like what if it's a laughing stock i'm uh, then it's playstation now that, that's my thing is like i feel like if they fuck this up it's Okay, yeah, so you just fucked up PlayStation Now again. and But everyone bitches about PS Now, but it hasn't slowed them down at all. So that's where I'm like, yeah, okay, it's a, it's a shot in the foot if they fuck this up. But I don't know if they're going to lose any kind of lead. I think I, it's it, just that it, it just gives people material yeah. on the internet. Like, it's going to be memed to death. Like, it's it, giving people material. It, the audience is the best at marketing any brand. Uh-huh. So if you do things that, that look good for the audience, then they'll talk about your brand. That's why these things like the PlayStation Plus stuff with Godfall and with the Tiny Tina thing, they're important because the audience is the one that either praises or bitches. And but how big of the conversation is that to where I didn't even know that that was controversy? Like how that, that kind of stuff, like, yeah, that's marketed, but how much of a splash or conversations like that in itself? I mean, the Tiny Tina thing... Yeah, that's not a big splash. Same thing with but Godfall, though. the general conversation, like you have definitely heard people uh, unfavorably comparing PlayStation Now to Game Pass, and so like that's a thing where unfavorably the more people the more people that are that are saying these negative things, the more people that it reaches, and it slowly it's like a little earworm. Um, it slowly starts to get into the whole mind share of the zeitgeist. That's um, those are the buzzwords for for this episode, I guess. Um, but like that's how things spread. And mm-hmm. the more little pieces of these things that go out, uh, the more harmful or helpful they can be to a brand. And I think that Spartacus, if it's bad, is going to be material that people put out, and they're going to it, it, it's going to be a joke. And it's going to be a joke that will be repeated over and over and over and over again. And that can be very harmful over a long period of time. Uh, I mean, the same thing happens with all kinds of things. 
like um, PlayStation Now. Yeah, like PlayStation Now, and favorably with Game Pass. People talking about Game Pass, um, and right now with people talking about the um, Activision Blizzard acquisition, like that um, is something that people are talking about. And there's like those murmurs and stuff. And people who don't even interact with the industry, if they stumble across one of these conversations or one of these things, what they'll hear without necessarily understanding certain things, what they'll hear is Call of Duty is an Xbox exclusive. Yeah, that's um, what I mentioned last week. That branding yeah. alone will help them just or, because an Xbox label is on a Call of Duty game. Or what they could hear is PlayStation Plus is garbage. They don't give you full games. They say that they do, but they don't. Or what they'll hear is PlayStation Now is shit compared to Game Pass. And like, there's all these little things. And whether or not somebody is even given the right information, um, mm -hmm. which hopefully we help to at least give two perspectives on on uh, different tidbits, uh, but always with the interest of, of giving the correct information. Um, but you know, the, whether or not the information that they're receiving is quality information, it's going to be there. So as long as people are having those conversations, it's going to stick with them. So, uh, sorry to interrupt, but... You're fine. I don't know. I feel like we're looking back at a time when we worked at GameStop. I, there was a period in time, there was at least a good two to three years when the PS4 and Xbox One were out. While as much as I loved PlayStation, I still preferred my PlayStation... When the everyday consumer would walk in that door and ask, which one should I buy? I would tell them Xbox. I would boom right then and there. And the conversation was, well, why? It's like, well, to be fair, they've got a better handle of online servicing. I mean, my Xbox Live Gold has been long running. They know what they're doing. It works. Um, and then it became Game Pass. And the consoles were at the time for a hot minute were cheaper by like 100 bucks. And I was like, it's just, if you're looking for like a console that's favorable to the consumers, it's the Xbox. And I, granted, I'm, you know, I'm one person. I'm one fucking SGA, one ASM. I mean, that's still something that makes a difference. And there's a but lot even, of that but one so person even then, in that conversation. I, here's the thing, though. I didn't make a difference. Because I'd tell them that. Then they ask about PlayStation. And I would tell them PlayStation. Literally, and I would get to a point where I tried to talk about it buying a PlayStation. And they'd still walk out with a fucking PlayStation. I was like, I don't know what else I can say besides you pay ten bucks a month. Cause that's what it was at the time for Game Pass to get I mean, all, a library of was, games that you don't have to buy your fucking. Cake. That was a time when Microsoft was kind of clawing their way back. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was towards like the last quarter of that generation uh, was when a lot of those things were really happening and really sinking in. Um, and I think that is just emblematic of how important this whole mindshare thing is because. At that time, yes. Well, pause. We're People talking like two us, to you. three years. There's no more clawing back. It was just there. And I'm like, and I'm talking at, to people who I aren't mean, paying attention still, to that conversation. The reason why I say that they were still clawing back is because at that time, yes, Game Pass existed. Yes, people knew that Game Pass was a good deal. There was talks within the industry. But the zeitgeist, the mindshare, the, the consumers were still, PlayStation is kicking ass. Because at that time, they had fucking amazing games. Every yeah. year, their games were nominated for Game of the Year, and you didn't really see Xbox at all. Um, there were no games for Xbox that were exclusive. No exclusives, really, yeah. Um, except for garbage. Uh, 
and then Forza Horizon. Uh, but the rest was like garbage. <laughs> uh, so like the conversation was still like, yes, you were saying these things. And yes, that was the start of what eventually became the norm, which was Game Pass is an amazing deal. Xbox is consumer friendly. That was the start of that. But this person who still ended up going with PlayStation, they heard from possibly hundreds, thousands of other people on the internet, on social media and commercials, all these things that PlayStation was the way to go. And that quantity of people saying a thing is infinitely more important than the quality of the information that you're getting. And so uh, and that's, then, that's, that's the unfortunate case of living in the modern age. But even then, I feel like that's, that's going to be the same result though. That is going to, that right there is why I don't think Spartacus will be a make or break because so think about it. Think about it this way. If game pass back then, I'm talking long term. I, okay. So I'm talking a two to the year, two to three year time span of me telling people to buy an Xbox because of game pass. That's long term. That's three years. And that still did not change the conversation. You were talking long term here. If Spartacus, you as an individual did not change the conversation, but the conversation changed overall like it spread like a virus and now like i mean what are people saying now they're saying exactly what you were saying at that point in time they're saying okay but playstation is still and xbox is the most consumer friendly option people have been saying that now at this point and this is granted this is there's a big gap from when i was working at gamestop and that was a conversation to now game pass has been the best deal in gaming and that's been the conversation piece for at least three years now, with one of those years being the Xbox Series X and Xbox Series S being out. And it's still the same story. It's been the best deal. It's been the conversation. PlayStation 5 is out. They still don't have anything comparable to it yet. Xbox has very much polished the exclusives they have. Now that they have the longevity and the legacy that PlayStation exclusives do, no. I think I think you're but, equating conversation with industry conversation versus mainstream conversation. Because like we are not at all. Well, no, 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 no. I'm not. I'm, I know that. I'm not confusing that at all. I'm talking. If we're talking about who's winning a race, that is no longer about mainstream versus industry. Because at the end of the day, the dollar amounts there. You're buying sales. You're selling to both the industry people and the mainstream people. You're selling. If so, I mean, if we're narrowing it down to one, yeah, industry people are going to change that. But then you still have the other half of the spectrum there with people who are just the everyday person, the everyday consumer, buying an Xbox or a PlayStation for their kid or for themselves, just, I want to play some games on. I just want to turn something on. I don't think Spartacus, if it fails, while it will be a blow for a moment, PlayStation, probably their stock price will dip again or something like that. I think as long as they keep doing what they've been doing for years, which is one, have a solid library of exclusives, they keep putting out games, and eventually get to a point where these consoles are more accessible. I think they'll be fine. I think PlayStation has done, like you said, they've for years now, the PS4 launched in what, 2013? It's 2022. The name PlayStation for almost a decade is kicked ass straight, period. That alone can carry them through this generation. And maybe even further on. Because eventually, at some point, they'll get some kind of a subscription service that can parallel to Game Pass. It may not be the best. It may not beat Game Pass. But because of the PlayStation name behind it, that will carry that subscription for a, 
far along as much as it needs to be. See, I think, I think the reason why I say Spartacus will make or break it is because of the way that people are going to take a hold of that message and spread it. But mm -hmm. it doesn't happen in isolation. No. Um, I'm, so Spartacus, I think, is going to be the tipping point. But this is in conjunction with the recent acquisition, with the conversations about Game Pass, with um, like all of the things that have been working in Microsoft's favor uh, for this generation so far. And I think that the race currently that I'm talking about is really about the mindshare, the, the way that people favorably talk about these mm -hmm. games and studios and things like that. Uh, again, outside of industry, outside of hardcore, the general public. And the general public, I think, uh, like they don't they don't understand things in the same way that we do, um, because they they kind of hear them through the grapevine and it trickles down to them. But uh, I can see this generation, if if this kinds of these kinds of things continue, and I think Spartacus could be the tipping point. But if this kind of thing continues, where it's just Microsoft is like, boom, here's a big thing that's that looks really good for us, and boom, here's another thing that looks really good for us, boom, 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 boom. If they keep doing that, I can see Xbox outselling PlayStation by the end of this generation in the same way, in the same way that we saw PS3 eventually outsell the 360, because we're in the same position uh, now with the two companies in the sense that uh, PlayStation was in uh, a, a really good space, mm -hmm. and then Microsoft with the Xbox really they they ripped playstation a new one where yeah. they they had an amazing console i mean aside from the 50 percent failure rate uh but <laughs> with with the 360 but yeah they had the games they had a cheaper system by like mm -hmm. a shit ton uh which really that that was the main factor i think um and they had an online service that was Good. And the games, I think a big piece of that that's missed is similar to the mindshare there. If you spoke about the PS3, it's like, well, why should I buy this game on an Xbox over the PS3 version? A lot of the times, like, I remember walking into GameStop, I've ever bought a PS3 copy, and like, well, do you own a 360? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, well, why are you not buying a 360? Well, I like my PlayStation more. You know this game runs better on a 360, right? The 360 was a console that, that every developer could build on. So while we, the consumer, everyday consumer is like, I don't care who makes a game easier to build on. You did it inadvertently because the game fucking worked better at yeah. that point. And, and, I, and I agree with you. We're in a similar position where PlayStation's got this huge fucking leap ahead. And there's, you know, little old Microsoft coming out of nowhere like, oh, you're going to make fucking games? Okay, sure. Little I old think that, Microsoft. Jesus right? Christ. Right. <laughs> what I, I a think, weird thing. <laughs> but I think what changed that was, one, Microsoft put out a console that developers could make games for, and the games worked. Microsoft had exclusives that carried longevity. Games like Gears of War, games like Forza, games like Halo, that carried them. They really doubled down in online servicing. That was something no one else was doing, period. There was no... PlayStation had it, but you had to buy a fucking expansion pass and a little expansion brick in the back of it. It was hard as hell to even get that door panel open, and you still had to hardwire it. Whereas Microsoft made it easy to play wirelessly, by just buying an adapter and like boom it's done yeah but like how so so how does that compare to now to now i think the difference is this one it is games 
run extremely well on PlayStation 5, period. It is touted about before it even released how good it was and how easy it was for developers to build on. Yeah, but um, Xbox so that, is in the same position. Yeah, Xbox but that's what I mean. It's equally as, as easy to develop for. Right, so that conversation piece is done. PlayStation caught up mm -hmm. there. I think when it comes to the online servicing, I don't think there's a difference as to, oh, should I... Is my online service better on PlayStation versus Xbox Live? Where Xbox has right. better services. That's yeah, but that's not is with Game Pass. But no one's that's. I'm talking about online services. You talked about how compared to now, back then the conversation was in. Now Xbox has better services. Yes. Well, that's that true. that's where the conversation has shifted. To well, talk hold about on. You asked me what I was saying was the difference here. Yeah. Yes, their services there. They have Game that's Pass. That's the new modern equivalent, though. That's but, the new oh, comparison. Hold on. And the other piece is this: Does Xbox have games? Do they have exclusives that push like the PS4 and the PS5 are doing? That's the, the thing. PS I think, yeah. Now. Well, no, hold on. You say that, but you were just shitting on them about the last few years with just Forza, Gears of War, and Halo. And you made that same comment last week, too, when I talked about their exclusives are getting up there. And you said, no, they're not. Yeah, but so here's the thing. Here's the thing. I prefer PlayStation exclusives. Mm-hmm. Me. Um, I, I think they're great. I think that they're the top developers in the entire world, personally. Mm -hmm. PlayStation first-party developers, they are next I think level. the world would agree with you on that one. However, Microsoft has bought a shit ton of studios, a metric shit ton. Um, they've had a, a good chunk of these studios for, um, I think, I think like three years now, right? Three or four years? Do you remember um, when they showed up at E3 and they were like, here's all our new studios, and there was like 17 of them? Yeah, that was 2019, 2018, somewhere around there. Um, I believe. So like, 2019. That includes the likes of like Double Fine and things like that. Now we're mm -hmm. starting to see those games come out. Uh, and some of those games have, you know, they've been in development as Xbox exclusives. Uh, and we're just now starting to see them. I mean, Hellblade, for example. Hellblade mm -hmm. 2, that, that's a great example. Um, and now they have Activision Blizzard. Like, when it comes to exclusives, if we're looking at the end of this generation, we're going to see more exclusive games for Xbox True. than Microsoft has ever had on a console, ever. And they, I think, have at least double the amount of first-party developers now as PlayStation. And mm -hmm. whether or not I think that they're up to snuff when it comes to you know the likes of Naughty Dog, for example, um, the general consumer is going to see, oh, look, here's all these exclusives, and they're going to be quality. Most of these developers are, are talented developers. Last week and you said opposite. That was my opinion, though. I, I mean, objectively, these are good yeah. games. Objectively. Okay. Um, okay. I think Bethesda is absolute shit, like dog shit at developing. I think that they can't release a game that functions appropriately. Um, and I think their games are soulless. But that's my opinion. Generally, people love Bethesda games. Yeah. I think they're good at publishing. I think they're bad at developing. But now they've got Microsoft and they've got Starfield. And, you know, you slap Skyrim on anything or Elder Scrolls on anything, people are going to eat it up, regardless of how dog shit it so, is. That, that's I, my opinion, of course. Let's look but, back at the Activision like, Blizzard. These, these are huge, huge things. Oh, and yeah. by the end of this generation, we're going to see so many exclusives on Xbox. And unless PlayStation can at least match them when it comes to services, they're going to start to lose that footing. And I think we could see Xbox win out at the end of this generation. That's the, the genuine concern. And that's why I think things like Spartacus 
um, and VR2, for example. Like These are all little things where they can change the conversation. They can nudge it either in the positive or the negative for either of them. And right now we've just had positive, 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 positive for Microsoft. And PlayStation has just kind of been like, well, God of War is coming. Here comes Horizon. Like It's like, okay, we're used to that. Where's the new stuff to get excited about? And right now we have Spartacus and VR2. I think most people don't care about VR2, so we have Spartacus. That's it. All right. We'll see. That's why it's like such an exciting time. <laughs> I, I, I'm, see, that's the thing. I'm not super excited personally. I think we're, I don't think we're going to see a big change, at least not for years to come. And even then, I don't think it'll be that much of a difference. I mean, so, so here's the thing for me. The Activision Blizzard deal, and this is where I'll, I'll, I'll end it with this. It's cool. They get a lot of stuff out of this, potentially. But let's look. If we look back at what games Activision Blizzard has put out in, let's say five years, it's been what? It's been uh, the biggest game, sales-wise. Right. Okay. So uh, but- that most people outside of the industry love to play, and they buy it every single year. I, I get that. Uh, so but, uh, uh, so we're talking Call uh, of Duty. We're talking World of Warcraft, which fans hate now, apparently. Uh, apparently, there's been a big stink about that. Uh, Overwatch and which Diablo. Which was the viral again, game when it came out. Yeah, back in 2016. And yeah. But that that's it. So they bought this massive studio, this massive well, publisher. They also, they also got Crash and Spyro. I know. And I, I, I'm not, when those I'm not remasters those came things. out, they were they were pretty big deals. But like, even if you remove all of that and you keep Call of Duty on there, that's a big deal. That is, like if, I'm not saying it's people, not. I'm not saying it's not. But I'm just the, saying if the general audience finds out that they can only play Call of Duty on Xbox. And yes, this isn't going to happen for another few years, but it's probably going to happen. Like, I don't care what Phil Spencer says about honoring things and believing that PlayStation is important. That's a bunch of bullshit. Once those contracts are done, those are going exclusive. In the same way that we saw Starfield go exclusive. Um, He's just trying to make things nice, whatever. But the moment that Joe Schmo, uh, Mr. Average GameStop customer, finds out that he can't zombies unless he has an Xbox, he's buying an Xbox. Because that's that's the kind of power that Call of Duty has. Unless they completely shit the bed, and these games are absolute dog shit. Um, but I mean, generally speaking, people feel like the quality of Call of Duty has gone down, but it's consistently among the top selling games when they release. And this is an annual game. I so get that. that. I so, think that's a a big deal. But that wasn't my question. <laughs> What my was question the question? Was my question was look at what they've put out. What three games? The question was Overwatch, Diablo, Call of Duty. Yes, Call of Duty is a big fucking seller. I mentioned that I don't know how many times last week, saying yes, that is a big deal. That is a blow if they lose Call of Duty. But the thing is, is that there's the conversation of one, if Call of Duty go, doesn't stay annually, which sounds like the developers themselves don't want to be which could make sense under a Microsoft umbrella. Do you need all those FPSs competing against each other on an annual basis? Um, Diablo, again, unless Microsoft steps in and changes some kind of creativeness behind that, Diablo's shitting the bed. Warcraft is shitting the bed and has been for the last couple of years. 
it's got and yes, you have Crash and you have Spyro with those remasters. But if we look at the big three or the biggest games they put out, it's three games they put out every year. And so Microsoft bought three games. One of them is doing well. And yes, it is killing the game, being a top tier sale and has been for years. But I don't know how much of that is to change the conversation, especially when that game is going to be on PlayStation consoles for at least another three years. I think that there are a lot of people in the same way that we keep seeing things like NBA being mm-hmm. the top selling game. Uh, I think that was the top selling PS5 game was NBA uh, the first year that it was available. Uh, there are people who only buy video game consoles to play one game. Yeah. And Call of Duty is that game. Okay. Uh, so I think I think the amount of power that the name alone has is is it's not something to uh, disregard. Um, and yeah, pretty much everything else that Activision Blizzard has touched is garbage or wrapped up in controversy or whatever. Um, but for people who don't know any better, a lot of people don't even consider the idea that um, Overwatch and Call of Duty come from, you know, the same conglomerate. <laughs> uh, yeah. That That's outside of, of anything uh, for, for some people. But if they... I just think that Call of Duty is such like a a big name. Uh, it's in conjunction with the conversation around Game Pass, conjunction with uh, you know whether or not Spartacus ends up being a big deal. It it's gonna have a ripple effect in the industry, and I I think that in a future in which the only way to play Elder Scrolls and the only way to play Call of Duty and uh you know the only way to play uh world of warcraft classic console edition um is on xbox that's going to be a thing that's going to speak to a lot of people it's not going to speak to us but it's going to speak to a lot of people and it's the kind of thing that i think could give them the edge and uh i mean i'm I fucking love PlayStation. I think that they're top tier. Um, I will talk mm-hmm. shit about the competition any day. But I think it's really hard uh, to say that if if we just take what the situation is now, right now, mm-hmm. without any future thing, forget mm-hmm. about Spartacus, it hasn't been officially announced yet, blah, blah, blah. If we just take the situation now, I can see at the end of the the this generation xbox outselling and having the the greater mind share and being more favorable amongst consumers um i think that that's not just reasonable i think that it's a a a safe bet um but that's why it's kind of exciting to be in this moment because spartacus has not been officially announced because we don't know really most of Sony's first party studios, we don't know what they're working on. Uh, We don't know all of the details with PSVR 2. We don't know price point. We don't know what games it's going to launch with. We only know one game that's coming out for it. 
that's been officially announced. Uh, so there's a lot of question marks. And so that's, that's good. That's exciting for us. But because those are all question marks, we can't, we can't really add them to the equation because we just don't know. And so because of that, with the information that we have, that's why I say these, these uh, kinds of things in regards to Microsoft. Um, I think that it's, it's hard to ignore those things. And oh, it's, it's still very exciting, though, because uh, it's really putting the pressure on PlayStation. And when PlayStation is under pressure, we get things like the PlayStation 3 generation. And that was, in my opinion, the best generation for exclusive games, the best generation for innovation when it comes to game development, game design. Um, it gave us The Last of Us. It gave us Uncharted. It gave us Tokyo Jungle. <laughs> it gave us, it's weird to say those in the same sentence. Uh, yeah. It gave us the Puppeteer. It gave, like, there, there are just also so many. Uh, Puppeteer is fucking phenomenal. Uh, it, it gave us a lot of things that have genuinely changed the heavy rain. I mean, Jesus, it, all of these, it, that's what happens when PlayStation's under pressure. I like it when they're under pressure. I like it when the competition gets all heated. Um, but right now, it's the scary time. <laughs> right now, it's PS3 launch, um, at least in terms of like future prospects. Um, I know it's a little bit different because things look a little bit brighter than they did. With they PS3 look launch. much brighter. Um, but still, I think that uh, it's a future in which PlayStation is under a lot more pressure is right on the horizon. No pun intended. Um, but yeah, I, I'm really curious to see what this is going to look like in three years. Yeah. Let's see what happens. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of Dual Senses, a PlayStation podcast. Again, we are live each and every Friday at 9.30 Eastern time. You can follow the show at tweet at MTF or at tweet MTF uh, <laughs> or donate at www.mtfproductions.com forward slash donate where you can donate as little as dollar to help the show grow. Again, subscribe, like, comment, share, tell your mom, tell your dad, tell your grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins, the cousins you don't want to talk about, all that good stuff. But we'll see you guys next week. Oh, that's the end of the sentence? Yeah, I thought I you were going to say, like, we'll see you next week on Dual Senses. Senses. No. no. A little... In, in the show, Stephen. All right, I'm working on it. I got to get these banners <laughs> off. Also, real fast, I want to say hi to Huffle Hug. No. Thank you for tuning in. No. Um, things got a little late. intense. This is, a, this is an intense I don't thing. like being interrupted, damn it. Huh? I don't like being interrupted. What is I'm sorry. I'm looking at. I just know that I have to address a thing because otherwise it'll like move on and then it. I'm gonna take I it one step at a time. What is she sending? Stop it! It's offending me. No, 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 right. I don't know. What are those? Is that okay, are I those boobs? I no, Stephen. They're not boobs. In the show, Stephen. No one wants to see close up at your face that bad. I don't know where my camera is. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
Anyway, okay. Bye. I <laughs> thank you, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I need to press the button. God damn it. Ah. Uh.